The holiday season is upon us. Hopefully everyone had an enjoyable Thanksgiving, spending time with loved ones. It's hard to believe 2022 is just a few weeks away. This ongoing pandemic has strained so many over the past two years and it feels like 2019 was just yesterday. I personally have struggled with stress in various forms over the past two years and I owe it to family, friends, the love of my life, Anna, and I have to give a very specific shout out to my brother and partner in crime who's helped me with this podcast, Grant. He's let me ramble and spin my wheels and has been willing to experiment with different approaches to this podcast. And uh, it's been a pretty therapeutic outlet for both of us. This time of year is all about appreciation, giving, compassion, and opening our hearts to others' trials and tribulations. Throw away judgments and petty persecutions and learn to listen and love one another. These values were instilled in me by my amazing parents and immediate family members who helped raise me. But religion itself provided some of that structure. Now, as I've grown older and more independent, the religious church-going scene really isn't my thing. It's not what empowers my connection with any higher power. I will admit, I love certain events like Christmas Eve or Easter. You know, nothing beats the holiday hymnals in a beautiful church decorated like a Christmas tree. But that can be enjoyable regardless of faith or religion, right? I often look at the word religion in a more cynical way. Now, I know televangelists like Joel Osteen and Kenneth Copeland don't represent the majority of people who subscribe to religion or faith, but their snake oil delivery is something that has been bred out of an organized, labeled religion. Faith to me, though, is a different thing entirely. And something I know I have, but doesn't mean I necessarily categorize myself under one umbrella. And I'm pretty averse to labels in general. But because religion has such a connection to the holiday season, Grant and I wanted to discuss the pros and cons and flesh out all of our own philosophies surrounding the word religion and what its place is in our world today. Here's part one of our holiday special December topic. Cheers to you and yours, and of course, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays. Enjoy the show. In my experience, conversations are best had with a glass of whiskey. Join me, Alan Kogan, as I engage in meaningful discussions while enjoying a glass of my favorite spirit. Welcome to the Kogan Conversation. So it is Christmas time, and I wanted to do somewhat of a holiday-themed discussion with you. And uh, I've also tapped a few of our friends and people who we know. No, I wanted I wanted to talk about something that's topical, that's relatable to the holiday season that I think you and I both have experience with growing up and having our own personal biases and and whether it be cynical. Uh, views of things or not, we chose religion to discuss. And for me, religion is, I mean, obviously a big part of what Christmas is for you and I, having grown up in a Midwestern Judeo-Christian household, celebrating with, you know, Santa and probably even you probably put a pickle in the tree because it's some weird tradition that white people back in the day did. I wanted to first start with just the question, when I say the word religion, what comes to mind? Religion, to me, is a framework of faith or a way you live your life based on something more than just you and something more than the earthly experience, the temporal experience. It seems to me that it's more about a codified or a unified framework of belief, values, morality, and personal conduct that are agreed upon and shared by a group or groups of people. What does it mean to me this time of year? Literally, there is no difference. I am not one of those people that thinks you have to suddenly become more religious on Easter and Christmas or have um, a stronger foundation in your faith only that time of year. So I would say it means the same to me this time of year as it does every other day. The word religion during the holidays doesn't necessarily do a whole lot for me or evoke much of a response in me. Um, I'm much more interested in how people choose to conduct themselves regardless of whatever religion they choose to be affiliated with. 
Oftentimes, I am somewhat disappointed by the conduct of others, uh, as you would see in day-to-day life. And um, the wintertime and the holiday season is no different. And frankly, if uh, we're all honest, I would say during the holiday season, people aren't necessarily living up to those shared values or sets of personal conduct that their religion would dictate to them. Religion, to me, is, it's, I mean, historically, it's kind of the cornerstone of humanity, human evolution, human civilization. It's based a lot around collective belief, faith, and some kind of deity, higher power. And I mean, there's thousands upon thousands of different religions that have propped up. Some have lasted thousands of years, and some are still brand new and still nonsense. (laughs) I guess I don't want to flavor that. I mean, I, I guess this, the the second thing that comes up when I hear religion is it's from my understanding, it's a lot of how you're brought up, what kind of values have been instilled in you and, and from a young age, usually by your parents or by family or your community. And a lot of that I know for a lot of people comes from religion or having some kind of faith. I guess if I was going to speak to my own upbringing. I was not really brought up in a religious household and I'm personally am not any kind of religious, but my grandma was, she brought me and my brothers to church every Sunday for probably the first five, six years of my life. And at a certain point, it was really kind of interesting because my parents were like, hey, you know, you don't like have to do this thing. Like you, it's up to you whether or not you want to, you're, it's important enough for you to go. Like they didn't say, no, you shouldn't do this thing or no, you shouldn't believe these things or no, you really got to go and make you go kind of thing. It was like, no, it's your decision and we're going to let you make that decision. And being a six-year-old who didn't like going to church, I was like, well, I want to go to church. <laughs> so I stopped. <laughs> a bit, so I was raised Methodist, which is a, a sect of Christianity. Right. And the only thing that I really remember, or like if I look back on those moments, other than the people who I, you know, grew to love and the community that was built from it, the the soup lunches that we could go and, you know, share a, a meal with everyone in the basement of the church and all that stuff. Other than those positive moments, the only real feeling I get from it is annoyance. I think it's important too for for people listening that like, I I separate the words faith and religion. I don't I don't think people who are religious are inherently true to their faith. I think people who of faith don't have to be religious. Religion to me, when I hear the word, I, I think of structure. I think of, I almost think corporate and I'm very cynical when it comes to it. Organized religion to me is is the biggest con uh, in the history of man, um, because it, 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 the framework is based on, you know, people who are at the top of the, whatever religious sect you're a part of telling you what God is saying, rather than you having a relationship with your God or your, your gods or who, whatever kind of religion you're with. And I, to me, man is flawed from the beginning. I often use the term or the, the phrase, I don't believe what man says about God, because I think it's always from an angle. I think man is always trying to do something to one up or push their agenda, push their narrative, push you know, sell you something, sell you an angle. And, uh, and I think that's where a lot of, you know, large class A religions fall. The Catholic Church is obviously one of the biggest ones when it comes to controversies and scandals. Um, and I think it's gross that the people at higher powers can can use money and power and whatnot and, and the, the word of God interpreted in a way that then 
takes advantage of those who don't feel as close to God, but then use these priests or or whoever uh, to become closer to God. It's just it's just weird. It feels weird to me. So when I look back on my time going to church as a kid, I think of it, you know, being dragged out of out of my bed early in the morning, going in and sitting in the pew and listening to people read things from the Bible. And a message might be good. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm not going to downplay the sermons and the experiences and the the stories that are, you know, the narratives that are in the Bible. You know, they're for uh, the majority of the Bible. It's, it's you know, it's good storytelling, trying to build a framework of how to be a better person and a better part of humanity, you know. Uh, so and then using those analogous instances to, to, to inform our own decision-making today. And I think that's important, but you know, there's a lot of this weird, like procedural stuff, like call and response. And you, you all sing the song at the same time. You all say the phrase at the same time. And it's like, you sound like a bunch of cultists at a, at a meeting where you're, you know, summoning a seance or something and you're just chanting. And it just, it, to me, it just feels weird. It feels wrong to me. It goes against my human nature, but I mean, that doesn't mean that I don't believe in anything. It doesn't mean I, I, I'm I'm very agnostic when it comes to what man says about God. For my own spiritual, my own faith-based thoughts, I don't believe that there's nothing, but I also don't want to, I, I don't believe that it's just this, this guy in the sky with a big, long, white beard and heaven is what man has said about heaven. I don't know. I'm, I'm more scientific in that way, but and I, I'm curious. I think it'd be great to have a study where people after, in the afterlife can tell us what's going on. And maybe it doesn't exist. Maybe we're just worm food at the end of the day, but who cares? You know, it's like you're focus on your life now. And I, I feel like too much, too many times man has used religion and used God as a way to further themselves in their current life and just step on other people. I mean, it's going to that thing we say all the time, like the bigger your institution, the more liable it is for corruption. And I mean, that's one of the OG institutions of corruption back when government and religion were one and the same, you know, your ruler was the religious figurehead. We've since separated that. And I mean, obviously there's still corruption in organized religion. There's corruption in big government. And I mean, I guess I've come a long way in my thinking on this because I, I at, a, at one time was very like almost militantly like anti-organized religion. And if you're religious, you're a fucking idiot, kind of just really stupid stuff like that. And there's almost like a a dogma to that kind of thinking as well that I, the more people I met and some of my closest friends now are like religious and they have faith, like I more empathy for a certain way of thinking. And like, I, I really understand the value of maybe even at like a community level, just having something that can bring people together doing one and the same. And I guess I'm going to maybe pick apart one of the points you said about like some of the more like silly ceremonial things like, yeah, like you stand and kneel and you you do your chants and stuff. But like you go to any sports game and it's the same thing. Like it is your human nature to follow in on something like that and be a part of something bigger than yourself. It's just that under a different skin, honestly. And you can find that all over the place. It's just, I mean, I'm even acknowledging my own militant, like non-theism my militant atheism at a certain point, like I'm sure I could find even now groups of people who are renouncing their own, oh, I'm, I'm a, I'm a original sin, white man, wokeism kind of stuff. Like that's in existence now too. <laughs> like, yeah. And that's, that's, that's one of the frustrations going into this, this next year, uh, what, what's going to be inevitably our, our third year of this pandemic politics and, you know, whether you're pro this or pro that, or, you know, put a, put vaccines in one category, put, put belief about COVID statistics in another category and, you know, just everything in between. If you militantly believe that, that 
the election was stolen in 2020, you know, be, that's the, the way that you practice and go about those thought exercises, I would classify as religious cults. I mean, I, I've, I've said from how many times have we talked either on or off the podcast that I've, I'm, I'm fairly certain that those who are just blindly in love and supporting Donald Trump or any politician for that matter, but Donald Trump's the most recent uh, phenomena, if, especially in the populist part of politics. But if you just blindly love him and support him and you don't, you don't care about policy, you just, you just love the fact that he's a, he's a bombastic, crazy guy on Twitter and you love it and you think that he can do no wrong and you can, you can, you turn a blind eye to every, you know, trespass that he had, he had committed prior to being president. You know, I, I think you're part of a cult. If you aren't able to criticize, like, okay, listen, to take your sports analogy, I'm a massive Packers fan, right? The Packers are currently, as we record this, the number one NFL team, at least on paper, I think that they have the best shot right now. They're the best team. And I think they're going to get better because they have people coming back, which is awesome. And I'm hoping that they they kick ass. But, you know, I'm not uh, afraid to criticize when the team that I love and root for makes mistakes in the front office. They make coaching errors. They make a dumb move. They didn't go for it on fourth down, even though they were inches away from the first down line. Like, I'm going to criticize that. I'm going to go on Twitter and Facebook or whatever and say, what the hell? Why don't you do that? I'm not going to blindly follow them and say, oh, everything they do is just perfect. Because to me, that's, that's, you're putting them on another pedestal. To be imperfect is to be godly. And if, if God, whatever that cosmic force or being is, that omnipotent power, if that if that exists out there, and they're perfect, well, what does it say about people who think that another human being can be perfect as well? And it, it that that's what scares me, and I that's why and I think this is why it's an interesting and important conversation going into the holiday season because the holiday season outside religion is always meant to be this you know this charitable, giving, loving, compassionate season where we all band together and realize, hey, you know, there's been a lot of pain this year. There's been a lot of, 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 of worry. We've been living paycheck to paycheck in some situations, but, you know, we all love each other. We're all here. We're all able to sit down at the dinner table and have a conversation uh, outside of horrible politics. Um, that's what Thanksgiving's for. Christmas is usually more, I guess, less militant when it comes to opinions. But, yeah, you know, you come together, you ha- say hey to grandma and you, and you love each other. And that's the whole thing. That's the whole purpose. The, the Salvation Army does the, the bell ringing outside of every convenience store possible. Charity numbers go through the roof. It's a time of giving. You give gifts to other people. And that's not just in Christmas. That There, there are other celebrations in other religions and other belief systems that other cultures that also give gifts during this time of year. It's almost like a world-renowned time of year that, you know, okay, maybe it's not centric on Jesus Christ or Santa, but it's centric on compassion. And that's what's lacking. And that's what I I become fearful when someone says I'm religious or the religious right, or they use that as a framework to inform their ideology when it comes to, you know, taboo topics that we haven't got into yet. But abortion, transgenderism, these these things that put everyone against each other. And it's like you're using religion as a as a qualifier. I don't like I'm pretty sure that's that that's that's kind of one judgmental and two, you're putting yourself in a higher pedestal than me because you believe a certain way. And then you look down on me because I don't follow the exact same suit that you do. I think that's wrong. And I think that that religious thinking and how there have been people who you know, Bible beat and make you feel bad about not feeling away or whatever, uh, that has bled into other walks of life right now. And I don't know what's to blame. Is it, is it because of social media? Are we super connected now? I don't know. But 
I think that this conversation, at least discussing what religion is and is not, is probably the most important when it comes to this time of year. Yeah, that's very fair. And I think that idea about a certain lack of compassion, I, again, I, we've talked about this so many times. I don't think it's true on like a person to person basis for the most part. It's this very rare instances in the very loud minority of people who are just awful, usually online perhaps in public too. And it's just those get amplified by the media that surrounds us and, and all that. But like, honestly, like day to day, being out in public, interacting with someone just very briefly, it's usually pretty cordial and people have a general like respect for one another. I want to believe that. And like, it generally reigns true. And I mean, I mean, whether that is trending up or down, I'm not sure. It might seem like it's trending in a bad direction, but I mean, that could just be a result of, again, the amplification of all the really loud, terrible people who, yeah. And, and I don't know what that is to a certain end, but I'm also glad you highlighted the like, the best people I know who are also religious, like, you know, go to church every Sunday, like live their life truly humble and, and like Christ would have taught kind of thing. They're the first people who are going to who are going to call out corruption when it comes to their church or when it comes to organized religion. Like they're going to be the loudest critics of them all. I mean, just look back at like someone like Martin Luther, who's going to nail his complaints about the church on the church door and look where that went like it just completely split where christianity was at the time like yeah those are those are going to be the loudest critics and honestly like where we're at now like yeah there's there's the religious right i guess if you want to call them who are like going to use that to be on some kind of moral high ground but it really does go both ways because there's that same kind of religiosity that same kind of dogmatic approach when it comes to people who are on the left too this like follow what scientists say blindly and with tr with complete and total trust fauci is is science you criticize him you criticize science it's like weirdly dogmatic especially when there's proof that that same person funded the mess that we're in right now when it comes to covid-19 so like like yeah why why can we not ask questions that's weirdly yeah don't question the church because they they are rights and they are good and if you question them you're going to hell it has that same really intense don't question anything vibe to it. And I just, I don't jive with that. So I've never jived with being religious because it's, I don't like that, that don't question anything. And yeah, there's religious people who are going to question things or are going to criticize. And it's not necessarily a result of religion as a whole. It just, it has, maybe it's, maybe we have to, to separate that word out. Like religion, unfortunately, it's like this, this war of words where that can only maybe apply to a certain group of people. But if you take it in terms of like dogma, like take, take the, 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 the deity out of the question, the God as it were. And it's more like this dogmatic belief in something and don't question it. Like that's what's toxic. Yeah. And, and I, I'd agree. And I think that's why it's important for us. You know, this isn't, this isn't a podcast where I wanted to come on and trash people who are religious thinkers or theologists or theology in, in general. I, I might agree at writ large at what like people like Bill Maher might have issues with when it comes to certain aspects of religious thinking. And, and, and I think and that's fine. Those conversations can be had. But that's why I wanted to separate out the word religion and what people think about, you know, what does it mean to be religious or to have a religion that you subscribe to versus having faith? Because from my personal experience and my personal own belief system is, you know, I, I don't I for one, I don't like labels. You know, if you were if, if the if you gave me a list of things to put myself under, I wouldn't know what to put myself under. I, I think the most religious people 
or, or you know, faith-based people in either my family or, uh, you know, just someone out, out in the ether on the internet or something who was to read my bio, they might, might label me an atheist or an agnostic. And I, I don't think that's true. I think there's more to it. And I, <laughs> what's our favorite word, Grant? Nuance? I don't say that I don't believe in God. I, I don't. I don't like the thought that someone else who, let's say, just because they have more life experience, is going to tell me what God is. And when I and then when I read and and understand the history of what the faith of having us belief in a deity is, that's not the, the point. Isn't for others to obviously they can inform you and teach you about some some historical teachings, but your relationship with God is independent independent to you and unique to you. And if it you know if someone let's say let's just say for an example you know let's say you and I both label ourselves as at the most agnostic. It just, we don't care. Let's say we turn 80 and we die. And I assume we'll die together in the same bed, you know, like the notebook. But, you know, and then, and then while we die, we have this aha moment where this spirituality thing happens and the cosmos meets with our self in, you know, we separate from our physical form into the, in an astro plane of whatever. And then we go, oh, oh, there's more to this. Cool. I think that's more fun than for someone to say militantly that this is what it's like. This is what's going to happen. This is what heaven or hell or whatever your system of belief is. Or the other side of that coin. There's nothing. There's no one. You're just dead. Both of those, I I, I think, are very narrow-minded. And that's why I don't like to subscribe to something because I don't know. I I, I consider myself pretty scientific and rational. If, if something comes out that shows that there's proof of some kind of spirituality or, or paranormal normal activity or whatever that lends itself to the astral plane of existence, that there is a, a separation of soul from body, I think that's a beautiful discovery. And I think that's a that's an interesting discovery that that I can make when that time comes for me. That, that now, Does that mean that I believe that, you know, ghosts are walking around? I, I think I think there's some kind of spirituality with myself and, and loved ones who have passed. And I think that they, they live with they live on within you. But I don't think it's like me talking to an angel up in heaven. I, that 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 visualization for me has never worked. And I don't think that's wrong. I'm not saying that that visualization doesn't work for another person. If that other person thinks that that is what it is and that's what makes them you know, feel comfort, then by all means. But that doesn't mean that I think any lesser of what could be. I used to like be averse to that. Like it, it was so averse to this label of like agnostic. That's just like, you know, it's like I, I'm I'm really just a skeptic. Like I'm not going to. It's like a character flaw almost. I'm not going to have a firm belief in anything because I'm just constantly trying to take in new information and reevaluate what I actually believe or not, you know. And I guess the flaw of that is like I have no solid beliefs of my own. So I'm a very I'm very boring at parties <laughs> <laughs> or just annoying because I'm asking devil's advocate kind of questions. And that's why you have me on this fucking show. Um, yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, so I guess if that's the label you give it like agnostic, yeah, it's definitely where I'm at where I'm like, I, I, I have the sense that there I will never really be able to understand the workings of our universe and no one truly will. I, I guess life for me is just kind of accepting that. Every month, Grant and 
I will tackle an important topic while enjoying a glass of whiskey. If you don't agree with our opinions on these issues, that's great. We want to hear from you and hear your side of the story. Our goal is to understand different perspectives and engage in conversations that matter without regressing to the same division that exists in our hyperpartisan politics. We can and must do better in finding common ground. Discussions breed solutions. The Kogan Conversation is a podcast that welcomes respectful discourse, paired with a glass of whiskey, of course. If you'd like to offer your take on an upcoming episode or join us for a glass of whiskey, please reach out to us on social media or head over to our website and send us a message. Wouldn't it be nice to know what topics are coming up and when an episode is releasing from the Cogan Conversation? Subscribing to our podcast on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, following us on Spotify, and of course following us on social media helps immensely. You can also head over to our website and sign up for our email list so you never miss out on any episodes or information. Cheers! What do you think the purpose of life is? is? Is the purpose of life to find out why we are? Or or is that is that such an inconsequential question to what life is that it doesn't matter at the end of the day? Because if, if we do die and there is something after what I just described in a very clunky way, you know, whether that be something like heaven or an, uh, an after spiritual world, you know, it doesn't matter, right? Because we move on there. So what, what do you think the purpose of life is now while we're here? You just asked me, what's the meaning of life? Like... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as as an artist, I don't think that's 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 an inconsequential thing to, to work toward. Like, I, I can't personally say that that's like, like, I'm trying to understand everything. I'm trying to understand why it's it's like very human centric, because that's really all the only like perspective that I can really have. Like, I'm not some like insane, like physicist, theoretical physicist who can think on this grand scale. Like I can put my brain out there, but it very it always comes back to this very human perspective. Okay, like if the if the universe is unknowable, then what is my place in it? The answer the answers I'm gonna come up with are going to be very they're they're gonna be very subjective to me and and people. And like that's it's up to me to try and communicate that to other people. And so maybe if I look beyond that and say, okay, maybe yeah, in the grand scheme of the universe, that's it's insignificant. We're just dust. But then it's like, okay, well then I want more. I want to keep going. Like I want to keep thinking and I'm going to keep that pursuit going. I don't know, forever, maybe past when I'm alive. Like who knows? I don't know. People have had crazy near-death experiences and said they've lived all their lives and, and had some crazy drug trips and come back from it. Like who am I to say to invalidate their experience with it? When, when, so when I think of like the meaning of life and when I think of how religion plays a part in that, because there's a lot of people out there who who connect morality, how you know, being a good person to religion. Like you, a lot of people would, I would say mostly on the right or the conservative wing and especially in politics and thought leaders, namely Ben Shapiro or Matt Walsh or those kind of guys who are there, you know, they're allowed, you know, to their credit, they're eloquent, even though they, I think they pick the wrong battles and I think they pick the only, they, they play the click the clickbait game on on the internet, right? Uh, you know, they would argue that you need some kind of religious framework to have morals, to have a moral compass. And, you, you know, we go back how far in world history to the, the code of Hammurabi, where that was basically a, a code of ethics and 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 goodnesses to follow. And it was, if, if you didn't do this, you know, the gods will smite you essentially. And if they don't smite you, they're going to smite you through us and 
by us, we're going to basically take you in this room and chop off your hands and tell you no. And so you're, you're, you're enforcing good things like don't kill, don't steal with the threat of murder and, and, then, and then blaming the higher power to say, though the higher power is mad at you, so we're going to kill you because he's mad at you because you stole something from someone else. So do you think that, you know, in the United States, we have a constitution that protects religious freedoms. It's supposed to. And I think it goes both ways. I think sometimes that things are inappropriately put in that category of religious freedom. And then it's like what define what religious freedom means and what it means for each policy. I think that's another nuanced conversation. But, uh, you know, for the most part, we're the first country in history to have the Bill of Rights that restricts the government or other people to persecute or discriminate against you because you believe a certain way. Um, now, obviously, there's a lot of caveats like within reason. You, you're not you're not allowed to go sacrifice your child to the sun god. It, the whole idea of the Constitution is that it prevents you from infringing on another human being's rights, your unalienable rights that are endowed on you by by your creator, whoever that may be, or whoever you believe that to be. And if you want to believe in the flying spaghetti monster, or you want to believe in Hinduism or Christianity or Catholicism or Judaism, it doesn't matter. You can do that with, with free of persecution in the United States. We have a Bill of Rights that enshrine individual liberty, uh, privacy, etc. Obviously, we have a court system to make sure that we can hold each other accountable because people are nefarious and do stupid things, as are you know, organizations and governments and etc. But do, do you think that, that the Constitution could have been written without the moral implications of the Judeo-Christian thought process that existed during that time. I know a lot of the framers were deists, which usually meant that they like they believe that yeah, there's a cosmic force in being and maybe even God, but they they don't have a control in our life anymore. They don't care. They've created us and they've moved on. So I guess that also begs the question of, of like free will. But could the Constitution, as we know it, as we fight to protect it, could it have been written with sans? religious construct i i mean my gut says no like i don't i don't think so because just so much of what our dna was like just look at early settlers in america they were persecuted like really hyper religious people who were too religious for the people in europe so they came here like think of the quakers like they were like not so religious. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you, well, we had a religion uh, that basically drove the Salem witch trials that if you didn't subscribe to a certain belief system and you had these weird arbitrary qualities, you could have been a, rich, a witch and we're going to burn you at the stake because that's what God told us to do. And that's why that's why I wanted to ask you, because I struggle with can can morals exist? Can a, can a code of ethics exist without human beings thinking that there is someone to answer to at the end of the day? Can, you know, obviously, I think atheists who don't believe in anything can still be good people. Obviously, there are lots of them. Majority, like 99.99% of atheists have not murdered someone. So without that threat of, oh no, I'm going to hell. Shouldn't the goal be just to live a good life and people are good inherently? Or does atheism get bred out of like a rebellious teenager? Everyone's been religious for a millennia. And now because everything's comfortable, now we can kind of say, yeah, it's a bunch of bullshit and kind of move on and have no consequence, but still be a good person. I don't know. It's like a chicken before the egg type question, right? Yeah, I guess I never thought of like religion as being this thing that built this kind of like set of morals that's instilled in people like and I know it's I mean, there's probably different values. I mean, there's definitely different values when it comes to different like even countries or, or civilizations or anything like that. 
Um, and I mean, again, like most of them are built on some kind of like religious structure and belief in some kind of higher power. But like, I don't know, I guess it's an interesting thing because I do I do know like some of the greatest achievements in human history were driven solely by some kind of organized religion or or belief in something like you i i mean i was just in europe and i saw cathedrals that like i was like no living person or people could build a structure like that now or have the the commitment to spend 400 years building just these gigantic spires that like it just it boggled my mind like there, there there's just not people like that anymore there's not that kind of like commitment to something greater that greater than yourself anymore but you just think like some of the greatest works of art in history or yeah some of the greatest like structures or yeah i mean i guess maybe add having some kind of base moral value in your life of like family community don't kill and steal from each other and but i i, I guess i never bought that either of like the you're I'm, I'm only not killing my neighbor or you know stealing their wife because i'm a religious person it's like no it's like the same argument of like well if 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 it was legal you would go out and just kill everyone you would just be grand theft auto out there it's like no i i think when it comes down to it human nature is to be fearful of the unknown again separating faith and spirituality from the word religion i think that religion was this big scam that basically men were able to sell to lesser, you know, people and people who were not as well off, who didn't have as much food, who who needed sustenance and, and, and help and dependence, depended on other people to live. So religion was this framework to, to make it so that you had something to follow. And I mean, how powerful is it to, to go to someone and say... Let's say that uh, back in the day when no internet existed and, and they're, they're poor, they're starving, they're begging on the street, maybe they have a disease and they need help. And you say, hey, God loves you and, you know, Jesus died for your, for, for your sins and therefore don't worry about what happens because as long as you follow these steps and worship and come to church, which is free of charge and we give out bread and, and water and wine and whatever, and you know we have community lunches, uh, you will be loved and God will love you. Just make sure you don't kill, don't steal, don't do these things that are bad because at the end of the day, God will judge you. And as long as you live a good life and don't hurt other people, you'll go to the good place. And it's like as, a, as an impoverished, starving, needing person, I go, oh my God, that's amazing. And you clearly, you know more than me because you look like you're dressed better. You, 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 you look like you've washed yourself in the last day. You have money, you have power, you speak with authority and confidence. So you're a salesman and that person, the person is selling something to this person, taking advantage of their, their difficult situation, selling them religion and saying, hey, if you be a good person, you know, and then and then at the same time, people crave that because we don't know what happens on the other end. Like, what happens when I die? Am I fearful of death? You know what I'm afraid of? I'm afraid of not knowing what happens after I'm gone. I desperately want if, if heaven or an afterlife does exist. I desperately want it just to be a, a room where I can watch on a big ass IMAX screen whatever happened after I'm gone. Like, what does the earth look like in 5000 years? I won't know because I'll be dead in probably 
70, right? 70 years from now, I'm probably dead statistically, unless there's a pill or medical, you know, breakthrough. And I'm not going to know what 2100 looks like or 2115. That year is so far away. And I'm really curious to know, like, wouldn't it be cool to see where life goes? Wouldn't it be cool to see my great, great, great grandkids do something or, or, or do nothing? I don't know. I, it'd be fun to watch that as a movie. And that's my fear of dying is that I don't know what happens afterwards is everything that I know stops. I'm not afraid of death or my, for myself, but I think that like the idea of that heaven exists, do good things, God will judge you, you go to heaven and then you become an angel and then you can watch down from the heavens over, over your loved ones and see where they go. That's such a beautiful thought that it brings so much comfort to someone who is fearful of that, that they just, they subscribe to it. They say, well, okay, if I, if I worship every Sunday, if I do this, if I do that, if I give to the poor and help the homeless and I do it all in God's name, then God will love me and I'll be able to do that thing. So at the end of the day, it's not even selfless. It's a selfish thing that just happens to benefit other people. I guess maybe I want to push back on it maybe a little bit because I don't know if I see what you're saying like necessarily that it's like this this like rich con man who's just like selling this thing to people and doesn't actually believe in himself. Like I think it is actually a nature of like people to believe in something that is larger than themselves. And it typically like, yeah, you just think back to like the early civilizations. Like, what do you have? You have a sun beating down on you day after day and at night it's gone and then the day comes back. Okay, that's our that's our God. It makes things grow. It keeps me alive. It's warm and it's consistent. And I, I guess I don't know for sure if that's like if if that kind of like thinking exists in lesser beings on this earth. Like I know there's like smart animals that show signs of some kind of like self-awareness like elephants and, and whales and fucking dolphins and shit. Yeah, like I don't know if that's exclusive to something that's necessarily human or just like a weird chemistry in our brain that makes us subscribe to that kind of thinking. But I mean, it's it's so consistent and widespread in human history. Like I don't necessarily think it's just this like, it's all based on this power structure of like, oh, I have more, so I need something to keep these people in line. I think it it's absolutely prone to that. I think there's always going to be the the people who have more who are going to exploit the thinking of people who are more desperate or less intelligent than them um but that's not what spawns religious thinking or spawns people to have faith in things like you said there is a difference between we are making distinction between faith and religion and even as a person who doesn't subscribe to a religion like i personally have some kind of belief or faith that, yeah, there is some kind of guiding force in the universe. If you want to call it God, then it's God, but it's not a bearded man in the sky, you know, like, and that's the, the easy write off of it, of course. But yeah, it's like that. That's the kind of agnostic thinking of like, well, I don't know, but I, it seems like there things don't just like happen in this like void of, of chaos. Like there's, there's some kind of direction and purpose to things, or I want to believe that. And that's probably an element of that thinking at the end of the day. Absolutely. And I think there's a lot of evidence. I mean, the phrase that gives a lot of airtime is intelligent design. If you look at leaves under a microscope, or you look at the iris of my eye under a microscope, or you know, super zoomed in compared to like the veins in my body, uh, compared to plant life, compared to cosmic nebulas in the, in, in the universe that we get from telescope images, everything looks so similar. It looks like, like a nebula looks like my iris in my eye. Is that coincidental? Or is that, is this this hyper connectivity that there is more to the, to the living forces than meets the eye? And I, I think it's a very beautiful thought. I think that, I think two things can be true at once. I think that what 
man says about God can be just a bunch of horseshit. But I also think that there could be like what you're describing is this this unknown cosmic force, not to be a Star Wars nerd, but that binds us and penetrates us. And you know what I mean? I, I think that there's there's something more to it. And I think that's why that's why I get so cynical when it comes to people hijacking the word religion and using it in a way that's almost nefarious. This podcast is a work of passion and it's completely self-funded. We want to continue providing this platform dedicated to free thought and conversation, but we kindly ask that you show your support. Patreon isn't just a platform where you can give a small monthly donation. It also gives you exclusive access to extended, unedited episodes, bonus content, as well as creative input into whatever we cover. Being a supporter on Patreon makes you a member of the Kogan Conversation family and helps us continue this passion project. For just a few bucks a month, you can help us grow. The more we grow, the more perks can come to being a supporter on Patreon. Head over to our website and learn how you can sign up. Thank you for joining us for this first part of our discussion on religion. There's so much more to be discussed, and please tune back in on December 29th for part two, and make sure you like, subscribe, share, follow, do whatever you can to help promote our podcast. I really appreciate your listenership. Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you and yours. Thank you. I want a beautiful doll for Christmas. I'm Alan. And I'm Grant. Thank you for listening to The Kogan Conversation. This podcast is about engaging with different perspectives, values, and ideas. We want to learn how to progress conversations on important topics without assuming the worst in each other. Each month, we will tackle a new topic while enjoying a glass of our favorite spirit and shed light on the beauty of good conversation. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.